Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Well, welcome back to iPad Pros. WWDC 2018 has happened, and I'm really excited to talk about iOS 12 and all that is coming with it, as it's a bigger update than I thought it might be. So uh, before we dive into that, I just want to mention, if you haven't had a chance to leave a review on iTunes, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and write a review. I'd really appreciate it. So with that said, uh, today's episode is going to be all about iOS 12, the beta. I've been using it for the past couple of days, and I just have some thoughts to share about that. In future episodes, we'll be having on app developers and other users uh, and sharing you know, about the future of the iPad and some tools that you can use uh, today to be more productive. But with that said, let's just get to the iOS 12 beta. Beta 1 is out. And I first want to say just how stable this beta is. It is mostly fully working copy of iOS. Uh, Skype is broken, but outside of that, I've really not run across many issues with the beta. That is a really awesome thing. Uh, One of the cornerstones of this release is speed, performance, and stability. And with the first beta, that is very evident. I have it on my iPhone SE and a very dramatic change as far as its speed and performance. Uh, I have not noticed much of a performance boost on the iPad Pro because it's already so fast, but older iPads, I'm sure, will see similar performance gains. The first thing I noticed right away was the moving of control center to the upper right and the whole gesture change up. I've got a lot of thoughts on this. The initial thought I had when using this is this is all for the bad. We're trying to match the iPhone 10, and the original gestures made a lot more sense in the iPad than the new ones do. But as I've used it more and more, there are some benefits to this iPhone 10 changeup. First thing is you're able to access control center from anywhere in the, the UI. Uh, you don't have to enter the switcher mode, which is nice. But beyond that, I must mention the menu bar itself is really nice. It feels much more refined where you'll have the full date in the top left. You're going to have more relevant information up there. For instance, if you're recording and doing a screen record, there's just a little recording icon on the top right now. Same thing for phone calls. If you're in a phone call, the whole top doesn't go green. Instead, you have a little icon indicating that you're doing a phone call. So there are nice elements that they're making better use of the iPad screen space with. And the uh, go back to your previous app button makes a lot more sense in this new menu bar. So the menu bar overall is really nice. I do wish control center was not just in the top right, but also in the multitasking view, because you really don't gain that much in removing it from there. You gain about half a window's worth of an app, which really isn't that substantial when you think about it. You still have to scroll to see the full app. And I really wish Control Center was still there because it is something I do miss and is uh, kind of a downgrade in my mind. Uh, the gestures themselves, it's its interesting. You know, it, if you swipe up, you go to the home screen. If you swipe up and hold it for a second, you get into multitasking. But, you know, overall, it's, it's, it's a bit of a learning curve. And what I'm finding as I'm using it is iOS 12 Pro users, I think, will be using the four-finger gestures a lot more than they had in the past. You'll be using four fingers to swipe up to get into multitasking. You'll be using four fingers to swipe left from the home screen. So if you're on the home screen with iOS 12, you can now just use four fingers, swipe left to get to the previous app. And that's something I'm using quite a bit. It is rather frustrating to not be able to swipe up from the bottom with just a single finger to get into that multitasking. But what I'm finding is 
the four-finger gestures are being much more uh, utilized when I was 12. And if you start to figure out the combination of those gestures, it starts to make more sense, but still will be a learning curve. And ultimately, it'll, I think, take time to see if this will ultimately be a better UI or a worse UI. It's kind of 50-50 for me so far. But what you will find is those four-finger gestures will be become immensely more useful. Uh, prior, I just used it to get to the home screen with gestures, but now I'm definitely going to be using it in a much greater extent. The next thing I want to touch on are Siri shortcuts. This is a huge thing. So the workflow team has been at work, and they've made a new app called Shortcuts that fully integrates with Siri. What this does is it... First off, it gives us what the future of workflow is, and it's this new app. All the scripting stuff appears to be in there. The app itself is not in the beta, but from the screenshots we've seen, that stuff is in there. So all your scripting stuff and more advanced workflows should carry over to shortcuts. Something really cool is workflows that you make in the current workflows app are actually discoverable by Siri shortcuts, which you can access in the settings of the beta. It's really smart about being able to be adaptable to both pro users and novice users. It'll smartly show you some shortcuts you can program within the settings of things you recently did. So if you recently texted somebody, it'll populate that there. If you recently did something, uh, developers will be able to tie into this API to bring things to light and there are certain things that are already tied into it. It piggybacks off of a previous used API, I believe, for Spotlight Search. But I believe that uh, it will be more useful in the future as developers start to take advantage of that. Type to Siri is something I may start to use a lot more. And I hope that a keyboard shortcut for Siri comes out at some point in the future. So a lot of potential here. You're going to be able to run scripting stuff from within Siri I've seen from some developer apps that I've seen already. You'll be able to summon overcast and other audio triggers. And there's a lot of potential for this with developers implementing special shortcuts within their apps. So a very cool feature that I'm really excited to dive into more of in the future. A uh, nice little touch that I discovered is favicons in Safari. This is really great. And in addition to Safari, favicons is the re robust password enhancements what it will do now when you go in the password manager and settings it'll show you all the passwords that are duplicated across your various logins and flag those for you to make it really easy for you to go in and change them and i've already been doing this i've been going in the, to my password manager within settings and seeing hey i'm using this password across multiple sites let me change it and it will save that new password so that's been really handy. And I think just bringing that information to light will help users make better decisions as to the passwords they use. They've re uh, increased the security. So if you're in Safari and you need to autofill a password, it will now ask you to touch ID it to uh, confirm that you are you and it's not just some guest user using your password information, which is really great. Before this was an iPhone 10 only feature. Now it's universal across all devices which is a wonderful thing to see happen. Other things to note with Safari and security is it's doing a lot more with um, blocking of comments and things that can track you across multiple sites, which is a really big deal. 
So that is a really nice enhancement there. Something I'm really excited to see is 32 people FaceTime chats. And it's capped out at 32, largely because I think that is the cap for iMessage groups. You can have an iMessage group of up to 32 people and FaceTime with up to 32 people because you actually hit FaceTime for an entire group now, which is a really great thing. And I thought was going to be blocked by patents, but... That's going to be a really substantial feature that a lot of people will use, including myself. I'm really excited about that. Along with that, you can now do custom emojis, which are custom and emojis for yourself, which I think will be really great for content creators making YouTube videos that they don't want to show their face, but they want to show a cartoon version of themselves or someone else. And that's going to be really powerful, especially when we get face ID cameras on the future iPads that I see at some point that'll happen. Next up, I just want to talk about some iPad apps being ported to the Mac. This is something that they announced is coming out next year for developers. They're kind of testing it out with their own apps. And they showcase this with voice memos and stocks and news. So voice memos and stocks are now in the iPad. And I believe they did this almost in part to bring them to the Mac and uh, showcase this new uh, way of doing that. And this is really powerful, potentially seeing a future where the iPad is much more integral to the Mac and it gives developers much more incentive to make a killer iPad app that will then be used on the Mac and vice versa. Potentially, I would hope that Final Cut Pro would be ported to this new version of developing an app where you could see these pro-level apps hit the iPad. And the future there is really exciting to see Mac apps being brought to the iPad in that way. So that is a really cool idea of what could happen in the future, and only time will tell how deep that will get. They also showcased AR apps with multiplayer and some other enhancements there. This I don't think will be a big deal until we get glasses with this stuff built in. Hardware design for AR. Right now that's not there, and I don't think that will do much to move the needle until we get the hardware there to make this stuff really, really powerful. There's more talk about AR, and I'll do that in a future episode. There's some really cool things about this new file format. Again, that'll be dived into in a future episode. Screen time is, and uh, do not disturb enhancements, battery graphs, and app limits and downtime. This is a big initiative and something really cool. So what you're able to do now is you're able to program in do not disturbs for if you're at an event, don't disturb me until the event's over. Don't disturb me if I'm at this location until I leave. Bedtime, do not disturb. There's a lot of enhancements there that I've been already using and taking advantage of. There's battery graphs to show throughout the day of your usage of your device. When are you using the battery? When is it charging the battery? And you get a good sense of how your battery is being used in a very graphical way that is really, really nice to see. You're also able to set app limits. Say you only want to use Facebook for two hours a day. You can set that up. You can even do website URL limits, which is really interesting to be able to do that as well. You're able to set downtime of when you don't want to use your device. And when downtime is set, you can set some apps to be available all the time, such as you want FaceTime available or you want messages available, but nothing else. You can set downtime. So say at dinner, dinner time, you don't want to be tempted to use your device in that way. You can block that. And there's things to do that with uh, children in your family to block certain things that they're doing and grant permission to use their device. All really interesting stuff that I think will make a big difference for a lot of people. Along with that is notifications. You're going to be able to control which notifications come to you. As they come to you, you're able to set them as, I don't want to see this in the future, stuff like that. The grouping is really nice. You're going to be able to clear all of your, say, Facebook Messenger notifications all at once with one button. 
press, which is really nice, or just clear all for every notification, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Something I didn't mention with the password manager is apps like 1Password will be able to now more tightly integrate to this system-wide password manager in a way that will make those apps that much more usable than they were before. That is the bulk of iOS 12 from what I've seen so far. There's a lot of cool uh, features in there. And I think the big thing for iPad users is that menu bar is really nice, but those gestures, that'll take some learning to really really get accustomed to them. Finally, Siri shortcuts are going to be a huge deal. And I'm really excited to see as the summer progresses, some examples of how that is being used. So those are my initial thoughts of the iOS 12 beta. Uh, I have it running on my 10.5 inch iPad while my 12.9 inch iPad is on the uh, 11, iOS 11. So I have both iPads running different OSs and uh, the gestures do get confusing doing that. I will have more thoughts with you and have some uh, guests on as well to share their thoughts. I'm really excited for the future with uh, what is to come with iOS 12 and especially those older iPads giving them new life with this performance. And this kind of a performance enhancement I think will affect us going forward as the technology of performance enhancement will be able to be utilized for our new devices that will eventually be old. So that stuff's going to be important going forward with iOS 13, 14, 15 and going forward and really exciting stuff there. And please send your thoughts to me. I'd love to hear from you about what you think iOS 12 means to the iPad and what the future brings. iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com is how you do that. I will be diving into more iOS 12 things as, you know, the days go by and the new betas come out. Please, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts or just search for iPad Pros. Leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. It helps more people discover the show. Just really appreciate it. With that, uh, that'll do it for today's episode about the beta. A lot more to dig into in future episodes. And I look forward to continuing this discussion and conversation with you then. Thanks for listening to iPad Pros.